tonight we are going to talk about loving yourself. Ah, yes. Our scripture for this series is Matthew 22, 37 through 39. <clears throat> Jesus replied, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind." This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do we already have a sermon about loving your neighbor? I might have missed it. That one's for the future. Okay. It's good this one is first then. So this passage says, love your neighbor as yourself. Now a lot of people might overlook this small but important detail that you can't actually effectively love your neighbor without loving yourself. And what are you guys talking about over here? It's distracting me. Um, and it is actually a commandment. It's a part of a commandment to love yourself. So that is what we are going to be talking about tonight. And I do think that it is kind of a tricky, tough subject to get through because we have a lot of mixed messages in our culture and even in our Christian culture and our society that tell us all different kinds of ways that you can love yourself, okay? And some of them are just not good, right? Okay, some of them are not good. Um, yes, our society does say, you go for it, you, you love yourself. Have you guys ever heard the phrase, you do you? Yes, great. Give me your hands, please. Come on, participation. Give me a you do you. Okay, that is one that our society says. What about this one? You know, with hands. Whatever makes you happy. Okay, just whatever floats your boat. Thank you. I used to say that all the time. Whatever makes you happy. Okay, on the outside, this may seem like it's harmless. Okay, but really, it is full of selfishness and self-interest. You just go around doing whatever you want, whatever you makes, whatever makes you happy. It will not truly, it is not truly loving yourself. These kind of people who just go out and do whatever makes them happy without thinking about the consequences, I like to call these people Tigger people. Okay, because who knows Winnie the Pooh? You know, I wasn't sure because I watched that when I was a kid, so. Uh. Anyway, so Tigger, right, he just bounces around and he goes wherever he wants to go. He doesn't think about barging in Pooh's door and toppling in, toppling over Pooh and tramp, tramp, traipsing through Rabbit's Garden and making... I'm out. Okay, now it's good. I don't know, there was two batteries over there. But we'll see how it goes from here. Okay, where was I? Yes, Tigger people. Okay, they just bounce around and they don't think about any consequences of their actions. Um, you know, it's kind of like, well, and it could hurt you too. Like an example of how it could hurt you, right, is you love Snickers and you just want to eat 25 sticker, Snickers 
Snickers, that would make you sick. You just want to eat 25 Snickers all night, and then that would make you happy. But in the end, it's going to give you a terrible stomachache. And that is kind of what I'm talking about. Um, another point on this is, okay, so if you cannot love others truly without loving yourself, as the commandment states, then I would also like to propose that if by loving yourself the way that you think you want to and that you should hurts the people around you, then there's something wrong with the way that you're loving yourself. Okay, does that make any sense? Yes? Does anybody not get it? Okay, good. You can be honest. Okay, so it works both ways, right? If the way that you're loving yourself is hurting other people, something wrong with it. Okay, on the other hand, I have met Christians who think that it is loving to themselves or loving to God to kind of make themselves lowly. And no, that's, that's not good either. I like to call these people... <laughs> Eeyore people, okay, they are like this. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Thank goodness Jesus died for me because I'm such a worm. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so lame, right? Because that is not loving yourself because guess what? God did amazing work when he made you, and he doesn't intend for you to think that he did shoddy work. He didn't. You're amazing. Okay. Okay. That part is over. Next slide. Um, to illustrate my points tonight, I'm going to be talking about um, this next slide. <laughs> This man named Saul slash also Paul, um, a story of a man who should have hated himself. I'm sorry, I felt like this slide and that statement was kind of incomplete, but I'm going to let the story finish itself. And now I, um, well, let me set the scene for you a little bit. So this is a story of a man from the Bible, and in the setting of the story is Jesus has died and he has risen again and the disciples and the people who followed him are starting to grow and they call themselves the way and they are growing out of the main religious um, Israelite religion the Jews okay so kind of separately so there's a division within the religion and Saul we'll just say Saul for now because that's his name for now Saul um, is a religious leader in the traditional, not the way, but the traditional Jewish Israelite society. And he is like a bigwig. He is a religious leader, and he does not like that the way is growing, and he seeks to squash it down. Um, and so anyway, the video I'm going to show you is like, a, is a, um, a man who is, 
it's all modern and everything, but he's telling the story of Saul, Paul, through Saul's perspective. Okay.
Yes, I made that video. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I did it. I do kind of wish that I had like awesome background music like that though when I was preaching like all the time so it could be as potent. <laughs> oh yeah, I could ask Gregory, I guess. Maybe later, Gregory. Okay. Does anybody have any questions about that story? okay if you do did it make all like come together and make sense where is there any pieces that you didn't get anything okay I would um, I'm going to kind of break up Paul's story into three stages and the first stage is stage one Stage one. <laughs> Super inventive, I know. Um, could I go to the, could you go to the next slide, please, Josh? And I think there's supposed to be animations on there, but maybe it's not working. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, the stage one, and actually it does have a title, stage one before God. Okay, Paul thought that he was doing the right thing, right? He, he may have been filled, as the video suggests, that he was filled with jealousy of Jesus, maybe in the back of his mind, kind of, kind of making a foundation for his actions, for what he did, his zealous actions. Um, if you guys remember, this is anyone, is it familiar to anyone, this picture up here? Yeah, where's it from? It's from my last sermon, yeah. Okay, remember the cycle of Judges, how Israel would serve God, and they'd fall into sin and idolatry, and then they'd be enslaved, and they cried out to the Lord, and the whole thing goes around. Well, I bet that Saul felt like Israel was falling into sin and idolatry and was going to go through the whole cycle, and he like wanted to stop that because they were like worshiping this false prophet or false god. So he totally felt like his actions in hunting down and killing and imprisoning all these um, Christians were justified. Um, I'm just going to skip this last point for time. Um, can we go to the next 
stage. Awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, not the next stage, the next slide. <laughs> Good listening, Josh, thank you. <laughs> um, some of you guys, um, I'm sorry, okay, yes, let's just continue. Some of you guys are in this stage, um, not killing people per se, hopefully. <laughs> there are no murderers in this room. <laughs> well, I uh, assume I could be wrong, I suppose. <laughs> um, some of you guys are in this stage where you're going your own way and you think that it's loving yourself and that you're doing the right thing. Um, and you know what? That's not a bad thing that you're where you're at. I don't, I don't want to cast any, any shame. I'm just saying some of you are. And, that, and there's no shame in where you start. Okay? It's just like, be self-aware. I think as we go through these stages, where am I at in my life? Let's go to the next slide, please. Two paths in stage one. One, you are going your own way and you think that it is the right way, as I said before. Or two, you may know of God, but you think that pleasing God with a perfect life is the right way. Okay, you are operating under the law. And I really don't have time to get into all that right now. But basically, Jesus came and he died to bring grace so that you didn't have to live a perfect life and do A, B, C, D. And if you didn't do that, you were like not going to know God and go to hell or whatever. Um, but Jesus came to bring grace so that it wasn't about what you did anymore was about who you were because you accepted Jesus into your heart and he changed you from the inside out. And I think that Saul, in his journey, he thought he was going the, his own way, but he also thought that he was doing something that was pleasing to God. He was trying to gain the, the, the pleasure of God by doing this thing that he thought was right by imprisoning and killing people. Either way, whatever path that you are on, maybe it's both like Saul was, you're still going to deal with this debilitating junk inside yourself. And you know it. Come on, don't lie to yourself. Okay? We all deal with junk inside ourselves. Anger, depression, suicide, jealousy, all kinds of sin acts. I can't even name them all. And this is not, not important. You know. You know what you struggle with. Without meeting God, you have no way of dealing with this junk inside yourself. And you'll never be able to love yourself the way that God intends for you. Aren't you tired of living this way? Yes. Aren't you tired of all that icky, yucky junk? Yes. Next slide, please. Okay, stage two, everybody. Meeting God, when Saul meets God. Okay, um, I'm sorry that the animations aren't there, but bam, okay? 
He is literally blind and figuratively blind to everything except the awesomeness of God and his own shortcomings. What he had done. He has this realization. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Nobody knows this verse better than Paul. Saul, Paul, Paul. Okay, (laughs) nobody knows this verse better than him because guess what? He wrote it. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's cool. I guess God knows it better. No human living. He lived it in his life. I mean, guys, how short? When he, when bam, he was blind and he met God, how short he must have felt from God's glory. I mean, it was right there, but he was like so far away. God's like, hey, why are you persecuting me? So I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, by the way, I'm Jesus. Okay, that's a intense revelation for him. Fortunately, John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Okay. Next slide, please. I would like to talk for a second about scales. Um, I think that we all go through times in our lives where we live with scales on our eyes and go through periods of darkness where it might be really hard to love yourself. I definitely have. John, have you gone through periods of times where you went through darkness? Yes, Isaac? Yes? Yes. Um, Some of you are going through that right now. You feel like you're in darkness. You feel like you're worthless. You live in self-hatred. I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean to say that so peppy. Um, (laughs) You've met God, but you live in self-hatred. And (laughs) you feel like you're worthless. Okay, I'm serious. You feel like you're worthless or live in misery. Okay, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry about that. It is not a joking matter. If you feel like this, if you feel you are worthless and you live in misery, that is why I made this message tonight to free you, to help you get free, to hear from God. Aren't you tired of that? Ugh. You might feel like you dwell in the past. You can't move forward. An interesting perspective many people never think about when they're in darkness is that I think that God sometimes does allow darkness and scales in our lives because otherwise you're just going to keep going with your life as is, and he's not satisfied with that. He doesn't want you to go in your own way. It pains him to see you live, in the, live with the scales and live with the darkness and the pain and the feelings of worthlessness and stuff, but it also very much pains him to see you go your own way and destroy your life. Equally so. But you know what God can use? The darkness. Thank God. Thank God he can use the darkness. It gives him the room to show up and to speak to you, to speak identity into your life so you can see yourself through God's eyes and you can love yourself. Okay, um, I'm, next slide, please. 
But hey, Josh, can you go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Um, guess what? God does not intend for you to stay in the dark forever or even a long time. Yay! He has got way too many awesome plans for you and just really wants to have a relationship with you to let you stay in that darkness forever. But please, this is my advice. Please, please, please don't be stubborn. Okay? Do not just keep living in the darkness for the sake of living in the darkness because you're too afraid or you're too worried about people and what people might think of you if you share what's going on in your head, don't do it. Just go get help and go get some freedom. And I'm gonna share with you how to do that too. So don't you worry. I myself have experienced a few different times, periods, time periods of darkness and scales where I did find it really tough to love myself. Um, and really the only thing that brought me through those times was, I mean, yes, I had amazing friends and family and all of that. Um, that is, that's the support, okay? What really breaks off those scales is the word of the Lord. Okay, and that is the only thing that really is permanent. Okay, that'll keep you out of that pit. That'll keep you out of that darkness. Keep those scales off your eyes. At times in my life where I was depressed, depressed and anxious, I thought my life was falling apart. Um, and the only thing, just like I said, that brought me out of it, out of it was when God spoke to me and He told me who I was. And then I actually had to believe it. And I started acting differently and thinking differently about my situation. And pretty soon, I wasn't in darkness anymore. Amen? All right, next slide. All right, stage three, God speaks. This scripture is Paul describing what happened to him with Ananias when he was healed of the darkness and um, the scales fell off. He's speaking to a crowd of people who want to put him in prison. They're very angry. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Wow. So when Paul was in his darkest moment, after he had met God, and God was like, yo, I'm Jesus. And he spends three days, he doesn't eat, he doesn't drink. He's in darkness, and that is so scary. Can you imagine being blind? I mean, just that in of itself is very scary thought, terrifying. And Ananias shows up and gives him the word of the Lord. And you know what, guys? Paul became an amazing 
amazing minister. Um, minister is not the right word, but like immediately after this happened, pretty much immediately he went out and started, just like the video said, started preaching with the people that he had been persecuting. And he didn't wallow in self-hatred. Like I had said first, he should have hated himself. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of people would hate themselves if they went through that. But thankfully, because of God's grace, you don't have to. You turn your life around. Through his life, he preached all around the known world, led many Christians and churches, and wrote 13 books of the Bible. We know that he died as a martyr. That means people killed him um, for his faith by the Roman, the Roman Empire actually killed him, and we're not sure exactly, totally. We, by we, I mean like scholars. Okay. It's not explicit in the Bible how he died exactly. Um, what I want to talk about with this passage is what I've said before. When you're in the darkness, the way to get out of it is by the word of the Lord. And what God does through Ananias, speaking to him here, is on the outside, it really does seem like he's giving him a mandate. Do you guys know what a mandate is? Um, yes, you would know about that, wouldn't you? Okay, like, basically, this is what you're going to do in your life. Wear a mask forever. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, that's a mandate. This is God. He's showing up. And he's speaking to Paul now, I guess, um, giving him his mandate. Uh, God chose you. You will see the righteous one. You will hear from God. You will witness to everyone that comes across your path. You are clean and pure. No need to dwell on the past. Um, all those things. And I would just like to make a distinction that a mandate is not your identity. And what I'm talking about tonight is identity. Um, a mandate is what you do, and identity is who you are. And you cannot make your identity based on your mandate because what if that crumbles? Then you have no foundation. Is this making sense? Okay, if, so Isaac, he's a pastor, right? Pastor Isaac Goulson, everybody. <laughs> okay, he is a pastor, but the position of pastor that he's in is not his identity. He has inequalities about him that God put inside him that makes him a good pastor. Okay, but... But if he somehow couldn't be pastor here anymore, his identity wouldn't be shattered because he knows his identity. He knows the qualities that make him a good pastor to fulfill the mandate that God has put in his life to be here with you, pastoring and shepherding you. So some of the pieces, and if God, I'm sorry, if God gives you a mandate. He will give you an identity to go with it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So this is the kind of identity that um, God gives to Saul. So the mandate, God chose you. Okay. The identity, God 
sees you are in, you are his. You are in God. Nothing can separate you from God. You will see the righteous one. Mandate. You have the ability to see me and to know me. Identity. Mandate. You will hear from God. Identity. You are a good listener. You hear my voice. Mandate. You will witness to everyone that comes across your path. Identity. You are bold and uninhibited by anything. Identity. Um, mandate. Get up. Be baptized. Wash your sins away, calling on his name. Identity. You are clean and pure. Nothing holding you back. No need to dwell in the past. Can we go to the next slide? Still be thinking, where are you at? What path are you on? What stage are you in? You will. What about you? God speaks through many different ways, a few of them. God speaks through others to us. God speaks through scripture to us, and God can also speak to you directly. I just put down a couple of scriptures that I thought were awesome for identity. If you like literally are at the bottom of the barrel and like have nothing, you know, here you go, okay? Um, ask me after if you want these specifically, I'll give, you, I'll give you these scriptures again if you do want them. Psalms 139, 13 through 14. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You are amazing. God made you. God made you exactly. God made you in his image exactly how he wanted you to be. And that is one big reason to really just love yourself. Think I'm amazing. Second Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you know Jesus, if you have accepted him into your heart, that old person is gone away, and you are a new person. That is a couple pieces of your true identity. Stop being a tigger, okay? Stop being an Eeyore. Stop loving yourself. This is loving yourself, knowing who you are in God and being confident in it, knowing you are amazing. God created you in his image. All right, we can go, Isaac. This, we're going to watch another video. It's really short, okay? It's not 18 minutes long. Um, what do you do once you hear from God? And this is kind of a video illustrating what I would like you to do.
<laughs> so cute, right? I know. That's called Jessica's Daily Affirmations, if you want to look it up for yourself. But that's what I want you to do. When you hear something from God, even these two scriptures that I've put out for you in the couple slides back, even those two scriptures, if that's all you got, but anytime you hear anything else, and when you get up in the mirror, I love my whole house. <laughs> She's so cute. Get in the mirror and look yourself in the face and be like, I'm amazing. I was made in God's image. I'm clean. I am pure. The old has passed away. I love myself. And you can add in a few, I love my mom and dad and sisters and all of that because that's all good. That's all good. Thankfulness is so important. So many sermons could be preached on that. But now I will be ending. Okay, to the summary. Loving yourself is about seeing yourself through God's eyes and embracing the identity that he speaks over you. When you have experienced darkness and scales and you've kind of like even seen some of the ugliness inside yourself, you know your faults, but you don't let that stop you. You don't be an Eeyore. You understand that it's God who brings you your identity and he's working on those things. That's loving yourself. Walking through all the ways that you would or could fail and knowing it's okay. I'm gonna do stuff wrong sometimes, but I'm gonna keep going. And that's not really who I am because the old has passed away and the new is here. You can say to yourself in the mirror, at home in the morning or whenever, I am amazing because God says I am. I love the way that makes me feel and how I act differently because I am different. Also, I'm really sorry, that's not supposed to be a question mark at the end. <laughs> it's supposed to be an exclamation mark. I am different. <laughs> um, um, because I am different. <laughs> um, okay, yes. I am going to pray and end this. And then what we're gonna do, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Isaac, I don't know if you guys came up with something different, did you? Oh, okay. We have Debbie and Kim and Carrie here. Three awesome prophetic women. And what I've been planning is they're going to kind of come up here and the leaders, we're going to split up into groups with them. No? Okay. All right. I was just going to take off then. Okay. Thank you, Jesus, so much for what you've done and the grace that you have brought to us by the suffering that you endured on the cross. And you rose again, and we can be just as amazing as you say we are. And that is pretty darn amazing. And so I just, again, I thank you. I pray that each person here can receive 
a big part of their identity tonight and being that you will fill us as leaders and Debbie and Kim and Carrie with amazing prophetic words for these kids and that you would just fill us with boldness to step out and to seek that, to not be stubborn, but to walk, to take the steps into freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.